Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right. Oh, hey, I wanted to give you a little report. This is just, I had to tell you, share some good news with you, uh, some things that happened since last week. Now, do you remember uh, last week we said, okay, now let's go out there and fail. You know, go share the gospel and share it enough times as somebody says no and keep going until someone says no because one of our big problems as followers of Jesus is we just don't take enough shots and if you got to score any points you got to take some shots here and so that it's okay to fail because you never know what the Holy Spirit is doing in the middle of it and that what looks like a failure to you oftentimes is just one of the points one of the touches that God is using that eventually brings someone to Jesus so I've got a few reports here uh, that have just come to me I didn't ask for them but they start kind of just coming in like crazy and so here's an email I got from a friend of mine and he said that he was uh, brought his longest living friend uh, with him to church last week and this is what he says well I told my friend well uh, oh no he asked his friend what did you think about the service and his friend said well I cannot help but point out that it felt somewhat like this church service was directed at me and yeah there you go and I told him you are my best friend I love you I've been praying for you since you told me you were coming and I think this service was for you I also told him that I loved him so much that I wanted him to know the peace and joy in my life that comes from knowing Jesus I handed him that black bracelet that we carry I was wearing and I said you are the one I am reaching out to I want you to know Jesus like I do we genuinely and wonderful we had a genuine and wonderful conversation he was extremely receptive to what I was telling him and thankful now catch this it was the first time that I had no anxiety zero about sharing my faith with someone like him Isn't that good yeah and then I got a text yeah praise God I got a text from another friend and it says this God is at work on Tuesday today my friend I've been praying for for years gave her life over to Jesus praise Jesus and then here's another reason to celebrate I got another text that said I had a fail today all right no interest shown in what God had done but maybe that's one of the X number of touches they need we're gonna celebrate that so that that's a win right now that's what we want to do so proud of you uh, for going out there and failing like we said um, here's another one a woman right after church said I left church walked into a store to grab a newspaper for my husband as I stood at the customer service counter I greeted the young man with a smile how are you today he responded with I don't think I can even answer that he couldn't even make eye contact he was so distraught without a second thought I said let me pray for you right now I prayed aloud quietly for him I then took his hand squeezed it with compassion he said thank you all of this took place so quickly and without reservation the Holy Spirit leading the way yes God is working yeah one more that I can share with you actually happened Saturday night and I was personally involved with it if you're here Saturday night uh, last week you heard me say you know nobody ever comes up to me and just says tell me about Jesus and I want to give my life to Jesus I was like you got to go out you got to share the gospel so I got them preaching that and then Saturday night a woman came up to me and said hey tell me about Jesus I want to know I want to know and give my life to Jesus and so we did I told her about Jesus right there uh, she prayed and asked Jesus to come into her heart and so I had to change my sermon on Sunday you didn't get that because apparently people do do that and so um, I, I'll tell you I am just so excited as we are looking out th think about this if this becomes the way that we do church 
If this becomes the way that we walk with Jesus, that you and I, that all of us, I mean, just in one week, we've got just boom, 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 boom. God is moving. And this is time for a harvest right now. It is time for revival right now. And if you and I will live this, this year is going to be crazy. It's going to be amazing with how God is going to move and bring people to Jesus. So I want to encourage you, uh, this series it doesn't have a lot of weeks left, but as this series ends, our reaching out, our fulfilling of the Great Commission, that cannot end. Let's just keep going. Let's keep looking for ways. Keep going out there to fail, and we're going to get more and more of those stories. Please share your stories with me, because they, they just encourage me so much. All right? So, in this series right now, we are talking about service, the power of being a servant. And uh, one of the things about service, anybody here ever changed your mind about something? Okay, how do you change your mind? No, I'll tell you, I just changed my mind recently. So Gene and I, on our 30th anniversary, we went over to Hawaii, okay? It was amazing. And um, so one of the things that I hate, it is the worst dessert, was, I don't know why anyone ever created this, is a snow cone. It's like, I mean, this crunchy ice, and it had flavor at one point, but by the time it's in your mouth, it doesn't. And then what is that little Kool-Aid soup thing at the bottom? And you're like, ugh. And I'm like, why do people buy these things? They are disgusting. And so we're in Hawaii, and uh, Gina says, well, we got to go get a, a snow cone, some shaved ice. And I was like, no. You go get it. I'm, I'm, I hate those things. And so she would get shaved ice, and then I would get ice cream. And um, so on the very last day of our trip there, she's like, come on, you got to have a shaved ice. I was like, all right. And so I did. Oh, my gosh. So they don't, it's not chunks of ice. It's like feathered ice. It's like little, it's amazing. And then they, they like drill holes in it or put holes in it and they infuse the whole thing with coconut and it holds the coconut. And I'm eating this thing. And then they snow cap it, which is they just put like cream on top of it. And so I'm eating it. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so good. And then it just gets better because as you get down in the middle, they put a big hunk of macadamia nut ice cream right at the bottom. And I'm eating that thing. And it was, I, seriously, I was like, honey, this is the best thing I have ever had in my life. And so the sad part about it is that was our last day in Hawaii. You know, so I'm just pining my heart. I have to go back, you know, so I, I have to go back and get another shaved ice there. But my mind changed. Why? Because I experienced something different. And see, one of the things that we're praying for, you know, I go through, I, I touch every seat here and I'm just praying and I, and I pray, Lord, whoever sits in the seat, may they experience your presence. I just want them to, to, to taste and see. And, and our prayer here is that as you come in here, that, that not that you hear great preaching, not that it's great music, but that you experience God, that you connect with God. And I want to tell you that if you meet with God, if you experience God, it will change you. It'll change your opinion, and it'll change your mind. And so one of the things that we're doing here is, you know, as people go out and, and pray, I love that story that she shared, how like, I just went out and prayed because the Holy Spirit did it and he's moving. And I could just, I can picture God coming around that young man, just putting his arms around him, you know, letting him feel his love and experiencing him. So I want to encourage you to go out there and continue to allow people change their minds by giving them a different experience. And so as we do serve the city next week, there, there's two things that we're doing in my mind, in my opinion. One is our mission. We're loving others and we're loving God. And so we want to go out there and just show God's love. And this, is, this next week is a chance for us to do it in a real practical way. We're just going to serve you. We're going to show you God's love. But the second thing, the thing that I am praying for is I'm asking God, would you please use this event next week to start changing minds? I don't know if anyone will come to Jesus. I want you to be ready for that. Maybe you'll have an opportunity to do that. 
but, but I think you will have an opportunity in ever, whatever subtle or massive way to start changing someone's mind, to let them have a different experience. See, the, the, the world out there, they're not expecting the church to be loving. And I'm praying that people who are kind of like, who don't like church and people who don't like Christians will be like, huh, wow, that was different. They're not taking, they're giving. I mean, a lot of people think that we're just here to take, right? And they're not judging, they're loving. And, and that's the experience that I'm hoping people have. Because, because you know, I, I get emails, I get kind of criticisms and complaints often, but not once has anyone, anyone ever said, I'm just so sick of how you go out there and you clean classrooms. You know, and how you're caring for poor people, you hypocritical Christians. That's never happened, right? It can change minds. So I want, I want to ask you to go change minds. Let me show you a little bit how it works. And so if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew 5, verse 13. Now, I want to preface this passage, and I want you to understand that this sermon here that we're talking about right now is not just a big rah-rah for next week. All right. If we go out and we serve for one week and it just kind of goes away after that, completely failed. I completely failed this weekend. Well, what I'm talking about here is a mindset change. I'm talking about a way of life. And I'm inviting you into a way of life. And next weekend, yes, it's, a, it's a one expression of it. But it's just one expression that really has to happen every single day. And so let's see what Jesus says about it in Matthew 5.13. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Do you get that? That you and I, we are made to make things delicious. We are made to make flavor and bring life to things. Salt's also a preservative. We're, we're to help things not get rotten and all messed up. I mean, that God has actually put us there. And if we're not doing our job, if we're not going out and being salty, then what good is it? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. It's like, if we didn't, we're not doing that, we're missing it, Jesus says. And then he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know, one of the things that I think we lose on this passage, we hear, you are the light of the world. And we think, yeah, Jesus is the light of the world. But Jesus doesn't say that. He actually says, you are the light of the world. You and I are meant to shine his light, to bring light in the middle of darkness. It's amazing. And I'm praying that we go out there in our lives and all that you do, and we help people have a second thought, that we bring kindness and life in the middle of wherever people are. There's a pastor I had a chance uh, to publish one of his books back when I was in, in publishing. His name's Steve Shogren, and he was a vineyard pastor in Cincinnati. And he, he, he got this church that grew to about 10,000 people. And his big thing was called servant evangelism. And what he would do is he would just do nice things for people. So they would go out there and they would hand out water at the skate park, or they would actually they'd go down in the downtown and they would ask businesses, can we clean your bathroom? Why? We just want to show you God's love in a practical way. And, and that was like the whole premise of it. And what he said, and, and now we, listen, we always have the right to speak about Jesus because he's so good. But he says in some ways we've kind of lost our opportunity to share the gospel. He, and his thought was, you know, we need to earn our voice back. 
because he feels like as we, we've just kind of made it a project, we've made it a quota, we haven't really cared about people. I talked about this last week, that when we share, we need to do it from a place of genuine concern. It needs to come from genuine love, that we actually care about that person that we're talking to. And so this is one of the ways. I love, our, I love the Western Slope ministry, because that ministry that we have here, they do that exact same thing. They just go out and do nice things. They go out and serve, and they just show God's love in real practical ways as they go through. And I think it's giving us a voice again. I'm hoping that it's opening up doors. And you know what? I think kindness is a powerful, powerful voice in these times. I mean, does anybody else think that people are getting a little more grumpy? Boy, it just seems like people are kind of mad. You know, I, one of the things, I, I think people in Montrose are still really, really kind. I, I think this is a pretty friendly place. But I got to tell you what, it seems a little less friendly than it used to be. And then when I go back over to the front range, I'm like, wow, these people are really angry. You know, I mean, I always thought they were kind of angry. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, what's going on over there, Right. But it's happening right here. There's just, just and, and you know what's kind of neat about that? Is that there's never been a time where just simple kindness is so powerful. Where, where if you just let, I mean, like people, whoa, you're being nice to me. What's going on? I thought we we're all supposed to be mad, right? And, and so we have this opportunity to open doors. It's a powerful voice in these times. It reminds me, I, I've told you this story before, but um, Gina and I, we were in uh, Finland in the capital city of Helsinki, and uh, they sent us out to do street evangelism, which that, that's a tough road in Helsinki, just so you know. That was, that was a tough day, but uh, we went out there, and um, as we're walking by uh, this building, this bank, there's a woman, she's got her stroller, and it's like steps just like this. There's no ramp, and she's struggling trying to get that thing up, and uh, Gina just moves right away. She grabs the stroller, and you know, she takes it up the stairs, and the woman's looking at her like, are you kidnapping my child right now? Or, you know, what, what's that? But she's looking at us really, really strange. And then I open the door, Gina helps her in, and before she walks in, she stops and she looks at us and she said, Finnish people don't help. And I'm like, well, we're Americans, so we do, right? I didn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. But, you know, I thought, like, that, that's like, that's like what kind of what culture is becoming like here. We don't help. We don't get involved. We don't care anymore. And what a wonderful opportunity that we have to serve. Let me show you a little bit more about this. Jesus teaches us about this in Mark. So if you have the Bible, go over to Mark chapter 10, verse 42. So Jesus calls his disciples, his apostles together. He says, calls them together and he says this. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles. Okay, so what we're talking about here is the people who have power that are outside of the kingdom of God. So you know those people who aren't the Jews, who aren't with us, who don't know about me. You know that when they have power, what do they do? They lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. So God says, well, normal people, when they have power, they use that power to get their way, to control the push, to, to get what they want. And then what does he say? Now, check this out in verse 43. We have amazing power. We have so much power and authority in the Holy Spirit. And he says, even though you have all sorts of power, not so with you. It's not how we're doing it, guys. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. That's a powerful word. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Now, I want you to understand that this is not just about church. It's not just about serve the city. It's not just about your ministry. This is about the way we live. Servant and slave. This is the way we interact with our spouses. This is the way students that we treat our teachers and our fellow students. This is the way we treat our bosses and our coworkers and our, the people that we're supervising. This is the way, it's, the word says, it says the slave of what? All. Now who's all? Are Democrats all? Yes. Republicans, absolutely, they're part of all, right? Christians, yeah, how about Muslims, yes. Atheists, agnostics, people who are hostile to the faith, are they part of all? Really, really sweet, kind people, really, really mean, angry, grumpy people, they are all part of all. Your friends and your enemies are part of all. And we are to be, this is a powerful word, a slave to all. Wow. Why? Well, I'll show you. Let's go over to Philippians. Probably really familiar passage to many of you. This is why we are the slave to all. Philippians 2.5 says, your attitude, my attitude, it should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. That's why. Who? Being in the very nature God. Now, what nature are you? You're a man, you're a woman, your nature is human, right? His nature is God. Being in the very nature God did consider equality with God something to be grasped. So he lays it down, and he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. That is amazing. That's our example. Why do we do it? Because that's what Jesus did for us. That's who Jesus is. And so one of the things that we have to remember is that the goal actually isn't to bring utopia onto earth. Now, I want his kingdom to come. I want his will to be done. I want life. You know, that's why I vote. Right? It's because I, I won't, and that's why I vote correctly. If you need any help, come talk to me. I'll teach you how to vote correctly. Because I want good things to happen here, right? I, I want, I want, but you know what? That actually isn't the goal. The goal is for the people here to get to him in heaven. I mean, that's what we're doing here. The goal is never here. This, this hasn't been the goal. Now our work is here, and we care about what happens here, and we want life, and we want freedom, and we want justice. We want all that here. But the purpose is him. So, before we fight, we serve. Now think about that. So before you fight your spouse, you serve your spouse. Okay? Before you fight that annoying guy, that annoying customer, that annoying person at work that everybody can't stand, before you fight, you serve. Before I fight them, I must serve them. I mean, I think that would be a pretty good thing for us to remember. Why? Well, first of all, because service reminds us of who we are. Anybody ever have a job that's just kind of like below you? See, but you, I want you to understand that in Jesus, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a task that is below you when you are in Christ. When I was in uh, college, uh, so Gene and I both, we were married, both working full-time, both going to school full-time, and one of the jobs I had, I had a couple of them, uh, I got a job at a, at a nursing home. I was a certified nurse assistant at the memory loss unit at a nursing home, and it was actually probably, to be honest, one of the worst nursing homes in Fort Collins. And uh, I don't know how else to tell you this. There's just no good way to say this, but most of my job, 
Most of my time was spent cleaning up poop. That's what I did primarily, okay? Now, I got to tell you what, it was humbling. And I didn't get it then, but I look back on it now, and you know what I think? I think, man, I was so privileged. What a privilege that I was able to serve people who are so precious to God in that way. And I know we have a number of CNAs here, and, and I just want to tell you that your work is precious. And, and I, I want to thank you, you know, because I know what you do is you do all the things that nurses don't want to do, right? And, and I just want to thank you for how you're laying your life down for someone else. And listen, they are worth it. And I'm so glad I had that job just to be humbled and say, okay, you know what, it, it's, it's good for me to do this. This is appropriate for me to be in this place, to lift up other people that are so precious to God. Now, I know that you are capable, and I know that you're gifted for bigger things and better jobs, and I know that you're, you're made for greater assignments, but I want to tell you something. So is Jesus. He had potential to do a lot more than what he did, than to come and lay down his life. And I mean, come on, the creator of all things. And he took the very nature of a servant on. I mean, have you ever considered what that means? that the creator comes down to be a slave of his very creation? I, I, I just don't even get it. That Jesus washes our feet? What? Doesn't make sense. But that's the God we serve. And yeah, I think, I believe that greater things are coming for you. I, I believe that he has more influence for you. But listen, until the greater things come, do the lesser things. Do the little things that are right before you. We're not above anything. And we're going to always work whatever we do. We're going to do it as unto the Lord. Because service, it shapes us, but it also reveals us, doesn't it? Have you ever volunteered? you ever served? you ever kind of give of yourself? You know, you helped your buddy move or whatever it is, and you say, they didn't even thank me. I've done that. Have you ever gone to serve and you got done, you're like, nobody even cares. Or what, what was the point of doing that? If that's the end, well, that is revealing your motivations, isn't it? It's revealing your heart. It's revealing your expectations. And I, and I don't think that's where our heart's supposed to be. Now, I'll tell you, I am grateful for encouragement. And when people encourage me, it keeps me going. I'm like, yes, and I hear the good news. I mean, it really, I love it. it I, please don't stop. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes it does my heart good to not be thanked. Now, if you're part of our dream team, I want you to be thanked. I hope you have been profusely thanked. Thank you so much. This ministry does not happen without you serving in it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But sometimes it does our heart good to not be thanked. You know, I think about like if I let somebody in, you're driving down the road and you, know, you stop and you let them in. It's like I always say, that was very nice of me. And then, I, then I, I'm like, okay, now where's my wave? Hey, hey, I let you in, where's my wave? I'm expecting a wave. Or if I, you know, I, I've said this before, if I go to uh, Chick-fil-A and I say thank you, I'm like, eh, thank you. Where's my your pleasure? Or I'm waiting for the my pleasure, right? I deserve a my pleasure. You know, you look at, uh, go to Acts. First chapter Acts. Jesus is done with his ministry on earth. He's going to ascend into heaven. The Holy Spirit's about to fill this church. Now, if it was me, if I was gathering my disciples one last time, I would have brought him in. I'm like, okay, disciples, all right. Now, disciples, what do we say when someone is crucified and dies for us? We say thank you, don't we, disciples? It's not what Jesus did. 
He never says, hey, where's my thank you? Where's my wave? Never. So, so he's there, and he's, his last, last speech, last thing to say, he says, okay, and now go out, guys. Go out and be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, throughout the whole world. Just let other people know. Share the good thing that you have. That's what he tells us. See, because when we serve, we lay our lives down for others. We build empathy for them, don't we? There's somebody that you don't like. Serve them. Watch how your heart changes. Someone you're frustrated with. Go and serve that person. Lay your life down for that person. Look what happens. Found this uh, little article from the Mayo Clinic online, and it talked about, it was just amazing, how if you serve, if you volunteer, if you give of your life, it actually improves your health. Like it helps with blood pressure and all sorts of different things to go out and serve. And I thought, how like God? That we go out to do these things for him, we go out to do things for someone else, and we get blessed because of it. Even in ways we wouldn't even think about it, that our actual, our, the health of our body improves because we say yes to what God wants us to do. The other thing that service does is it reminds us of who they are. See, when I serve my wife, I'm actually attributing value to my wife. So, you know, if I make the bed or I do the bills or I do the dishes or I do other things that, that are important to her, when I, when I do that, see, because my time is valuable, my initiative is valuable, uh, my effort is valuable, and so when I spend that on her behalf, you know what I'm saying? Honey, you're valuable. You are valuable to me. And so when you go and you are a servant on behalf of someone else, it is a great declaration. You're valuable. And who isn't valuable to God? So this next weekend, so to bring you back to Serta City, as you go out there and you serve, and I hope it's an incredible experience. I hope you're like, man, this is all that I was hoping it to be and more. But there may be a few projects where we got it wrong or it just didn't quite work out. And you're like, mm, you know, why am I doing this? And I, I want to just challenge you. Make it a declaration. You know, why am I cleaning this path? What, what, what purpose is this? Because the kids who are going to walk on it are valuable. That's why. Why are we in that classroom and why are we painting this classroom and what does it matter? Because that teacher who's gonna teach in that classroom, he or she is valuable, they're worth it, they matter. So I'm gonna lay down my life right now, whether they know about it, whether they see it or not, because they have value. We're assigning value to someone else when we serve them. And I'm, I'm praying, and this, I had this picture before I became the senior pastor here. I've been here 16 years, um, 13 years as the senior pastor. And I just had this picture of this church as like that city on a hill, like a citadel. I, I just knew that was one of the things that God was asking us to be. That we would just be this place that people would look to in the middle of darkness. They, they, when they didn't know where to go, they didn't know what to do, that they, they would look there and they'd say, hey, here's a place. And, and I want you to know every time that you lay your life down for something, you're, for someone else, you're just lighting another light in the window for them to see and then be drawn to in, in what they need. Let this be a place of warmth and life and help and hope. And I think service is one of the things that builds that. So another thing here, we've got these little invite cards. I wanna uh, give your attention to that. And one side, there's an invitation uh, to come to just our regular services. And our, my prayer is that people will come and experience Jesus there. And then the other side is an invitation to music by the river. And I wanna encourage you that this actually is a chance you're just giving someone an opportunity, and it may feel awkward, and you're just like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. See, but that's part of being a servant, is that you lay down your own comfort, you lay down the, the way that you want to do things, and you say, well, they're worth it. Whether they come or not is up to them, right? We can fail. 
but we give them a chance. This is a chance right now for someone's life to change. This is a chance for someone to come to Jesus. And if you do that or not, I mean, every act reveals what's inside of you. It shows us what are we made of. And and so next time that service goes bad, and there's going to be times where it goes bad, whether it's at home, you know, you did something for your kids, and they, they, they did the opposite of what you were hoping for. That happened to anybody else besides me? Right? Here's the question. Is it about me or is it about them? And here's even a better question. Is it about me or is it about him? Why am I doing this? Let's see what comes out of us. Let's see what we're made of, right? I'm going to show you this little video I found. And um, so there's a woman and she's actually in Nashville. She's being uh, interviewed. Uh, It's kind of ironic. She's being interviewed about crime prevention. And during this interview, uh, a drive-by shooting takes place. Now, the good news is that um, I I read that no one got hurt, amazingly, in this drive-by shooting. But I I want you to see, as we're watching this, there's two uh, people that we see. And you see the woman, and then you don't hear any words, but you do hear the interviewer, or maybe he's a cameraman, I'm not sure, but you hear the other person. And as you watch this video, I, I just want you to take note of what you see, what's inside this woman that comes out and what's inside this cameraman guy or, or interviewer and what comes out. It's just interesting. Let's see. Gotcha. So you spell your name for me? Uh, my name is Yolanda, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. Get down, get down, get down. Just stay down and get down. That's okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stay down and get down. It's, no, they're coming back. You okay, Jay? Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that cover us. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, we should be all right. Drive by. Yep, you saw it, the black car. (laughs) Now, my first thought is that's not her first experience with something like that, right? I mean, wow, and the second thought is that she's tough. I mean, that's a courageous woman. But here's the thing, it is what I love. I'm not saying what that other guy did was bad, but wasn't it beautiful? I mean, when I get pushed, when I'm in a crisis, when I have difficulty, when I reach out to you, you don't respond, when things don't work the way that I want them to, boy, I hope that what comes out of me is thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Think about that. I'm in the middle of all that chaos. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your blood covers us, Lord. I mean, that's, that's who I want to become. Lord, change my heart. Make me a man so that no matter what comes out, no matter who resists me, that it comes out, oh, Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's okay. Come on. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. What's inside of you? The heart of God? The word of God? The life of God? You know, Jesus, he declared you valuable when he served you, when he laid his life down for you. And see, another thing we're doing when we serve is we are just, we're worshiping him. Service is worship. My quiet time yesterday, I'm in the book of Luke in my personal quiet time. You know, I I read the scripture for myself outside of prepping for sermons and everything else. I was in Luke 12 and and Jesus tells this parable and he's talking about a servant and a master. And he says, you know, when, when the master comes home, it would be good for the slave if the master finds him ready, working. 
And it's amazing. In 37, it says, and if the master comes and he finds us ready, it's, I thought this was crazy. He says, and then the master will have us, have the servant recline, and the master will wait on you. It's like, whoa. And I thought about that, and I got to tell you, my first prayer as I was meditating on it, I said, Lord, I, I don't want you to wait on me. When I get up there, I want to wait on you. I want to serve you. And as I sat there, I just was kind of listening and, and I, I felt the Holy Spirit in a quiet but pretty clear way. He said, if you want to wait on me, serve others now. Now's our chance. This actually right here, this is our opportunity to wait on the Lord, to serve the Lord. Because he says that, that whatever, Matthew 25, 40, whatever you do for the least of these, you're doing for me. He says, if you give uh, one of these children of mine a cup of cold water, you will not fail to lose your reward. If you want to serve God, if you want to show thankfulness to God, go serve other people. If you want to express your gratitude to him, serve him. Serve your grandma, serve your mom, serve your kids, serve your, your co-workers. Lay your life down for them. And that actually, you have to understand that you are serving the Lord God Almighty in that. What an amazing thing. See, we, if we're followers of Jesus, we are all the words that the world hates. We are words like this. We are servants. How about this one? We are slaves. Wow. We are subordinates. We are small. We are second, not first. Why? Because he is our worthy, loving, beautiful, amazing, life-giving savior. So let our lives sing praise. Let our lives give him the worship that he deserves. Let's take his example, being in the very nature of God, to not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself a servant. And you are noble, and you are precious, and you are powerful. But like our Lord, let's not take that as something even to be grasped, and let's humble ourselves and lay our lives down and take the very nature of a servant. Because those people are valuable to God, and I want to serve, and I want to praise our Lord. Let's pray with me, if you will. Lord Jesus, thank you. God, I'm so, I'm just overwhelmed that you died for me. God, I'm, I'm overwhelmed that you would lower yourself like that for me. God, that's not my nature. But it is yours, Lord, and I want your nature. I can't believe, Jesus, that you would wash our feet. I'm not surprised Peter didn't want that. But I thank you, God, that that's your heart. I thank you, God, that that's your way. And Lord, I just pray that we would do the same thing, that our lives would just sing that song to you, that it would give praise to you and honor to you, Lord, that we would lay our lives down and be the servant of all. And in that, God, that we would give you all the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.